Welcome to Copyright Clearance Center's podcast series. I'm Christopher Keneally for Beyond the Book. It's Friday, February 16th, 2018. Our weekly guest on the show is Andrew Albanese, who joins me today from the New York City offices of Publishers Weekly, where he is a senior writer. Welcome back, Andrew. Hey there, Chris. So the American Library Association midwinter meeting concluded earlier this week in Denver, and we will get to coverage of that shortly. But this week, also on Wednesday, the nation reeled from yet another mass shooting at a public school, this time in Parkland, Florida. These events are always horrifying, yet the shock value seems to have collapsed markedly over time. According to data from the Gun Violence Archive, a total of 30 mass shooting incidents have occurred as of February 14th, including Wednesday school shooting. In 2017, the U.S. saw a total of 346 mass shootings. It really feels like an epidemic, Andrew. Wow. Yeah. Just terrible news and all too common news. And what I can only assume was a very disturbed young man used an easily accessed uh, automatic weapon to murder 17 people at a Florida school. It's just heartbreaking stuff. Uh, I say that as a father of two young kids. And of course, we're going to talk about libraries today in the ALA meeting. And, and that kind of violence, this kind of gun violence has actually been a part of ALA's discussions in recent years. You know, our listeners will recall that librarians were very active in Orlando, Florida, just days after the Pulse nightclub massacre in 2016 when they had the ALA annual meeting there. There was a blood drive. There was just all kinds of events that librarians got out in the community and tried to help. And guns in libraries has actually been a topic of this, a frequent discussion in ALA meetings recently because in a number of states, libraries are not legally able to declare their libraries as gun-free zones. And you know, this violence has hit schools, church, and libraries are certainly not going to be immune to this. And as you know, I was just in Norway, and this kind of thing never happens there. You know, we I talked about this with my hosts in Norway there. It just never. It just doesn't happen anywhere else in the world. But it happens so often in America. And you know, I heard the statement yesterday that no parent should ever have to send their kids to school and have this happen. And that's just reality in other places. That's just a plain statement of fact. It's obvious. But in America, that statement has become a platitude and something has to happen. It's time for change. And it's just beyond belief to me that our Congress can't do something. Well, last week on the show, Andrew, we noted that Congress had at last succeeded in passing a federal budget for this fiscal year and that President Trump had signed the bill. Yet this week, the Trump administration released its proposal for how the money should be spent and librarians are now crying foul. Yeah, that's right. And it's uh, the, the fiscal year 2019 budget proposal was released on Monday, and the Trump administration has once again proposed the permanent elimination of the Institute of Museum and Library Services, and with it, virtually all federal library funding. Uh, and the budget also calls for scrapping the national endowments for the arts and the humanities, uh, as well as support for public broadcasting and significant cuts to other vital domestic programs, while at the same time providing significant increases in military spending, uh, like 200 billion dollars in federal infrastructure spending, and of course, $18 billion for the southern border wall. And next week's PW will have more on how libraries are responding to this. And in a nutshell, they're actually, again, using the Trump proposal to rally library supporters to get in touch and engage with their local lawmakers about how important libraries are and just how good an investment libraries are. Uh, As you noted, Trump's latest proposal comes just days after the president signed a two-year budget bill that's going to add as much as $400 billion 
dollars in federal spending through the 2019 fiscal year. And we discussed that last week. You know, that bill has library supporters feeling optimistic about retaining library support in the short term. If you're going to spend another $200 billion on domestic programs, you know, chances are pretty good you can find a mere $231 million to fund the IMLS and other library programs, which I think I should add Congress largely supports. Well, Andrew, those of us who paid attention in civics class certainly remember that the president proposes and Congress disposes, meaning that the House and Senate hold the purse strings on federal spendings. And and for years now, in fact, any presidential budget proposal is considered DOA dead on arrival at Capitol Hill. So if librarians were optimistic about their short-term funding, why has Trump's proposal alarmed the community the way it has? You're, of course, absolutely right. Congress controls the budget. And while it's likely that libraries are going to be funded once this year's budget lines are filled in, uh, there are a few concerns. And the first, of course, is the surging deficit, you know, exacerbated by the deep tax cuts that were just passed. And analysts say the deficit could balloon to $1.2 trillion next year or more. And so the concern that librarians are dealing with now is that those deficits at some point are going to force cuts to discretionary programs. And of course, that means less support to states from the federal government, which is another concern. And libraries are overwhelmingly funded at the local level. And if the states and the communities have less federal and less state support, they're going to have less money to fund libraries. So while ALA leaders and library leaders around the country will lobby Congress about the need to keep federal funding in place, the real Trump budget battle is looming, and it's going to be local. When Beyond the Book returns with PW's Andrew Albanese, we will have a report by the numbers on the ALA midwinter meeting. I'm Christopher Keneally for Cartwright Clearance Center's Beyond the Book. Publishers Weekly Radio has the very best in book talk directly from New York City, the heart of the book publishing world. I'm Mark Rotella, Senior Editor at Publishers Weekly. And I'm Rose Fox. I'm a Senior Reviews Editor at Publishers Weekly. Join us every Friday for a full hour of exciting author interviews, best-selling books, and expert reports on the nuts and bolts of publishing. Every week, we make sure that you have the inside story of your favorite story. Take a listen at publishersweekly.com slash pwradio. I'm Christopher Keneally for CCC's Beyond the Book with Andrew Albanese of Publishers Weekly. It's Friday, February 16th, 2018, and we are looking at the latest news in books and in reading. And libraries, of course, have plenty of both, Andrew. And librarians gathered in Denver for the ALA conference just this past weekend. You have a recap of that show coming in PW, and for the first time in years, you weren't able to attend yourself. And as it turns out, you weren't the only one not making the trip to the Mile High City. Yeah, devastated. First time in over a decade I haven't been to an ALA meeting, a midwinter or an annual. Uh, But we did have reporters there on the ground, so we've got lots to cover. And by most accounts, librarians had very positive reviews for the program at the 2018 meeting, uh, which concluded on Tuesday. Uh, And this included an excellent discussion about whether libraries should be neutral, uh, an especially relevant topic in today's political climate and in the age of fake news. Uh, The speakers were terrific there this year, including Juno Diaz, who echoed his Winter Institute speech from a few weeks ago by praising libraries, but also giving the profession some tough love about their lack of diversity. But after a lackluster turnout last year in Atlanta, attendance dipped again this year, uh, and that has begun to amplify long-simmering questions about the future of the ALA Midwinter Show. ALA officials reported this week total attendance of just over 8,000. I think 8,036 was the final number in Denver, and that's the lowest reported attendance for a midwinter meeting in over 30 years. And it's also down sharply from the almost 
9,000 people who gathered in Atlanta for the 2017 meeting, which was the lowest attended meeting in over 25 years. Now, uh, the lag in attendance was not unexpected. Denver isn't the easiest place to travel to in early February. Uh, and this year's schedule also includes a biannual Public Library Association meeting, which is a very popular show. And it's set for March 20th in Philadelphia, which is a very popular city for these shows to host. No, but still, ALA officials note that they are indeed in the middle of considering how they're going to proceed with midwinter. Uh, and sources on the ALA Council tell me that the show's not really been meeting revenue expectations for more than a few years now. And uh, while it's important for librarians to get together and these meetings are important, clearly something has to change. And ALA is deep in the process of addressing what midwinter is going to look like in the future. And we will pay attention to it when you bring it to us here on Beyond the Book. Andrew Albanese, Publishers Weekly Senior Writer. Thanks for joining me today and every Friday on CCC's podcast, Beyond the Book. My pleasure, as always. Coming Monday on Beyond the Book, how big is global book publishing and why should you care? Ruta Govishenbart, co-founder of BookMap, a nonprofit initiative on international publishing statistics, believes an understanding of world book markets can drive decisions that position publisher content to best advantage everywhere. As lines blur among books and other media, he tells me, publishers must manage content assets and rights with the confidence that comes with quality data. When we speak here in our debate uh, that we have today about digital, I'm not only talking about ebooks. I'm talking about a digital transformation. I mean uh, that a publishing company suddenly is driven and organized in a digitally organized value chain and work processes. Global Publishing Trends, next on Beyond the Book. Beyond the Book is produced by Copyright Clearance Center, a global leader in content management, discovery, and document delivery solutions. Through its relationships with those who use and create content, CCC and its subsidiaries RightsDirect and Ixis drive market-based solutions that accelerate knowledge, power publishing, and advance copyright. Beyond the Book co-producer and recording engineer is Jeremy Brisky of Burst Marketing. I'm Christopher Keneally. Join us again soon on Beyond the Book. 